I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook. In order for us to achieve that high delivery, uh, high quality healthcare, we've got to change it up. We've got to stay fresh and we can draw upon everybody's experiences to achieve that. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, welcome to this fortnight's episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast. Today I am joined by Liam Caswell. Good morning, Liam. Hello, Elena. I'm very excited to be here. It's very exciting to have you here. I'll just briefly introduce you to the listeners so they know who you are, and then we can jump straight into the conversations. Liam is a high-performance nurse coach with 10 years international healthcare experience across Scotland, England, Australia and Fiji. Liam has experience in critical care, acute medicine, rehabilitation care, tertiary education and clinical leadership. Liam seeks to coach, educate and transform the lives and careers of nurses, empowering them to balance self-care and well-being on the path to high-performance nursing. Liam has a dual master's in international public health and health management from the University of New South Wales in Sydney and has most recently become an NLP practitioner, all of which positively influences coaching practice. Liam's vision is simple, to influence and reshape the nursing narrative, empowering nurses to deliver high performance care for our patients whilst caring for ourselves. Wow, that last sentence is awesome. We are so aligned in what we're trying to achieve here, Liam. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Likewise. So tell me, you've obviously, you trained in Scotland like myself, did you? I did, yes. Yeah, where did you train? Um, I trained in um, Edinburgh Napier University. Oh, wow. I did my bachelor's there for three years, so are you a Project 2000 student too? Yes. 
Yeah, it's, like me. <laughs> Some listeners won't have a clue what that is. But yeah, it's the way we trained back in the early 2000s in Scotland. Um, tell me about Fiji. What did you do in Fiji? Fiji was an awesome experience. It was part of my master's. Um, and I went out there and I, I volunteered with an international NGO. Um, and I went out into rural, remote Fiji communities and I delivered primary health care. Uh, predominantly uh, sexual reproductive health um, and women's and children's rights. So it was quite the eye-opener, um, but an amazing experience, very grounding. Yeah, I can imagine it would be, especially when you're dealing with that kind of topic, you know, the um, women and children's rights and the sexual and reproductive health stuff. That's yeah. Not not my background, um, but yeah. so that was a challenge in itself. But um, I was open to the experience and, and really just trying to offer anything that I had to offer the the communities. And it was amazing to be in rural Fiji performing minor procedures in somebody's back room. Uh, it was quite quite the experience. Wow, it sounds like an awesome experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've recently joined the NLP Practitioner Club. That's so exciting. Don't you just love NLP? Absolutely. It is. Um, it's transformational, I think. And I think we were talking about it earlier that this is something that I think would benefit every healthcare worker, just having that deeper level of insight into themselves as an individual and how to manage the reactions to other things that happen outside their control. So um, that for me is hopefully going to translate into what I do um, within my community of nurses. Um, but I would encourage anybody to do NLP practitioner that might be thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. It really does change how you look at the world completely. I mean, since I did it, I've stopped watching TV. That was one of the biggest things I've wow. done since that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Was that was that a like to dislike? No, it was more uh I've done hypnotherapy as well. So I don't I can't remember how far into it the NLP went, mm. but it's more just understanding your subconscious and the programming that's going on and that filters that are all active and how what you're absorbing from the media is having an impact mm. on your internal and external representation and obviously your state and like I don't mm. need to speak to you about this you know what I'm talking about but it's just it's so powerful and I realized how influential the media is and how much programming is going on that we don't realize so yeah I pulled the plug I just watch, I'll watch the occasional Netflix show but I do not watch any mainstream television and I haven't for years Good on you. That's awesome. My colleagues laugh at me, though. They say I'm in my Elena bubble, but I love my Elena bubble. <laughs> it's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah, because I know my thoughts and my feelings are my own and they're not coming from anywhere else, you know? So it's, it is about being in control and being self-aware and emotionally intelligent. And I think NLP teaches you how to do that. Absolutely. And I think that the control thing is interesting because who are you giving all of your control to when you consume all of that content? Um, and I think that applies to nursing practice. Um, you know, when we consume the narrative or the gossip or the story that's happening within the workplace, how does that then, um, how does that influence who you become in that setting? And, and what can you do 
to, um, to, to, you know, to try and navigate that so that you're putting your best self forward. Yeah, definitely. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I'm going to change the questions up here because that's an awesome segue into um, <laughs> one of the questions that I usually ask later. But you're talking about the best version of yourself. And I speak about this all the time on the podcast and how I believe as nurses, we should be trying to turn up as the best versions of ourselves to offer the best possible care to our patients. And like you said, you know, bring that positivity into the workplace and create supportive and empowering cultures. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself then, Liam? Um, my partner is amazing. Uh, he inspires me to be the best version of my personal and professional self and we have some very interesting self-discovery conversations let's say um but he is amazing and he inspires me to to continue to push myself and push my boundaries which i think is so important um and secondly my clients i'm getting to work with nurses who are taking the leap to promote their self um the self-development, the personal professional development, like yourself, working with individuals within a coaching setting is massively inspiring. And seeing them achieve the wins and seeing them knock down all of those self-limiting beliefs and the obstructions that kind of we put up in front of ourselves um, and seeing them overcome that and go, of course I can do this. It's amazing. Um, and I think naturally... Um, all high-performance nurses have gone through that process because to get to becoming a high-performance nurse or a high-achieving nurse, you need to have that balance. You need to have that balance of being self-aware, emotionally intelligent, and being able to look after yourself um, and a good understanding of yourself um, whilst also having the drive motivation to succeed um, and deliver excellent care for our patients. So I think that's um, something that I get from my clients and from my staff within the work setting absolutely yeah my my colleagues are a big inspiration of mine because it was them that encouraged me to launch happy nurse in the first place you know because i was offering them pieces of advice from my previous coaching career and mm. when i went back to nursing after my marriage ended they were all like, you have to teach this stuff to people, Elena. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then <laughs> I can feel my accent coming out strong. Sorry, guys. It's speaking to a fellow Scot. I decided to put on a workshop like 18 months ago here in Perth. And that's where it all began. It was crazy. And the last 18 months have been wild. But yeah, my colleagues are a big inspiration to me too, like you say. And having a supportive partner is, yeah, that's really awesome that you've got someone um, that's got your back. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's amazing that when you you kind of get that validation from others about things that you do on a daily basis. And you can kind of start that own internal process of going, could I do this? Maybe I could do this. And how exciting it is to explore that. And what an amazing um, community you've built within happiness. It's just you know, positively spreading all of your amazingness across Australia and, and hopefully back to Scotland as well. Yeah, it's interesting. It's reaching... Um, the US as well now and the UK so yeah it's crazy how much it's just 
kind of taken off all of a sudden. I created a model of self-care for nurses because I recognized very quickly when I launched Happy Nurse that self-care often gets associated with things like bubble baths and trips to the spa. And there's actually so much more to it, as you'll know, Liam. So I broke it down into five aspects. There's the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and the indulgent aspects, which I see as the trips to the spa, etc. What is your idea of indulgent self-care? I think I have kind of two ends of the spectrum there. I think I do engage with the indulgent self-care activities. Um, and for me, that looks like booking tickets to see a show and go to see a theatre show or a play or go to a concert, um, do something that I love to do. Um, but the other end of that spectrum for me is around grabbing a coffee, going for a walk around the lake here in Canberra, beautiful day, audible or podcast um, in my ears. I'm just enjoying being present. Just that simple little act of self-care um, it's magic. Yeah, that's beautiful. And when you're doing that, that's addressing emotional and physical and spiritual, as well as you're indulgent all in one. You know, you can incorporate them all in. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. important to just do what brings you joy and lights you up because we get so busy in the doing and we forget to actually stop and pause and and do what's important to us because we we're such compassionate empathic people you know we're always doing for others and sometimes we just forget to to do for ourselves definitely i couldn't agree more i think for me it's been a journey through my nursing career to date of this um need or desire to kind of self-sacrifice and 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 give so much to other people and it got to a point where i burnt out um, on a couple of occasions um, and I realised that I need to start factoring the things that I love into my day, day-to-day life um, and making time for that. No more excuses um, because I know that I'm a better person, a um, better version of myself when I, when I factor those things into my life. Yeah, definitely. And I think we all tend to do that self-sacrificing, but the way I look at it now is I kind of reframe it. And I think when I'm saying yes to someone else, I'm saying no to myself. And am I happy to say no to myself, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of a good way to look at it if you find yourself starting to always be overgiving. Mm, definitely. And I think just having some acknowledgement of your boundaries, I think it's okay to have boundaries. And as a, as a nurse manager, that's challenging because you have 50 people at your door throughout the day wanting roster changes and X, Y, and Z. And it is okay and it's uh, to, to stop and say, actually, um, no, I'm doing something at the moment. Um, and, and having that internal conversation with yourself, um, I think it's something that we all could probably um, do a little bit more Yeah, of. boundaries are incredibly important in your self-care. And it's when you start to let them get pushed that I find myself getting into that overwhelmed state and heading towards being stressed. And if I look back now, like I, I've burnt out twice as well. And it was when I was letting boundaries get pushed and I was looking for that external validation and doing stuff to people please and self-sacrificing and 
when you can recognize when you're doing all these things, it's so easy to make the change and to get yourself back into a, a more positive mindset and live a more happy and fulfilled life. Absolutely. Um, you just described to me in a nutshell and the process that I went through. And I think, you know, what I felt at the time was that there wasn't enough people talking about it. You just feel so isolated. You feel like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get through this? Um, and this is why your platform is amazing because people are uh, like, I remember listening to your podcast and thinking, wow, like this is a shared uh, experience. Um, and all of those things were stopping me from um, pursuing what I wanted to do, um, which was to set up um, a nurse, a high performance nursing um, business so that I can help nurses achieve their goals. Uh, so I think we, we need to start talking more about it in healthcare because we see it. And I think once you've been through it, you can spot it a mile off um, in, in your team, your colleagues. And, and I think we need to open up that conversation. Yeah, definitely. And that's I'm so glad that I've inspired you to take the step as well. I just love that there's there's a few of us now speaking quite openly about it. And I think when you have been down there and you know how shit it is at the bottom, you don't want your colleagues to have to go there. And we've got the tools to help them, to prevent them from going down that road. So, you know, I'm so yeah. happy to share and I'm so happy to collaborate with other people like yourself, you know, to to really get that message out there. Because like, like I just briefly described, but you resonated immediately and you're not the only one who has. You know, one of the things I love about when I deliver my workshops, I mean, last year I toured the country with my workshop and every single room I went into, it was all that light bulb moment when they were all like, oh my God, mm -hmm. it's not just me who feels like this. And that, is so empowering in itself just people knowing that they're not alone and they're not the only one feeling that way absolutely 100% I totally totally agree and I think those aha moments are the little nuggets of gold um, and it's so empowering to see your colleagues, your peers, you know, just even a positive reframe um, in a conversation with someone that's having a difficult time can just change their whole mindset. And I think that there's such value in that. And we need to start talking about it more so that we have a, a, an empowered high performance workforce. Why do you think nurses don't talk about it? Do you have any theories on that? I'm really putting you on the spot now. <laughs> I think... In my experience, I think it comes down to your workplace and, and what kind of supports and what you're seeing within the workplace. Are you seeing um, your leaders, your, your role models? Are they talking about it openly? Are they you know, addressing the elephant in the room? Um, and for me, as a, as a health leader, nurse leader, educator, I think it's, it's so important to be vulnerable and to talk about that um, in the workplace because the minute that you open up, that's when the people start coming to you and they feel comfortable and you've created that environment of psychological safety. I love that whole idea of creating a psychologically health, a psychological, psychologically safe healthcare environment for teams to prosper and for individuals to love coming to work and feeling like when they don't agree with something or something is against their values or they are struggling mentally with something, 
that they can speak up without fear of retaliation. Yeah, and you've nailed it there, Liam. It's something I'm passionate about. And I seem to be speaking more and more about these days, and it's the psychological safety in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I did a webinar mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago for a big association, and at the end, you know, they said, ask managers, what can we do to help with the self-care and the mental health of the our staff. And I said, you can promote a psychologically safe workplace because then people will feel like they can say when they're struggling, they'll ask questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it encourages a much better environment for the patients too, because if they're feeling psychologically safe, I know you work a lot with grads. And I remember... Um, when I was a grad, feeling petrified mm-hmm. of my ward manager. And I wouldn't, I'd be scared to go and ask her questions. Whereas at the end of the day, it's the patients that are suffering, you know, because you're, or else you're going home and you're ruminating on what you did, wondering if you've done the mm-hmm. right thing. And if you can just go and ask one of your senior nurses or your manager, then you can get the answer that you need rather than worrying about it. Mm. I think it's the critical missing piece. I think that's my theory in within the workplace is that idea of um, psychological safety. And, and, and you're right, it impacts patient care, it impacts patient outcomes, it uh, translates into culture, um, and, and people will naturally not ask the questions they need to ask, and that may genetic equate to um, the outcome that we don't want. So I think psychological safety, it really doesn't take much to just be an open, um, transparent leader and to have that door open for staff to come in and have that chat. And, you know, the beauty of it is, is once you've created that environment, I mean, you, you hear about everything and anything, which is um, very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of oversharing, but for me, that is a sign that, we've got a great workplace um, and I'm confident that you're going to come and have a chat to me rather than go home and stress about it. Yeah, and I've experienced that myself. I myself have an amazing manager and her and I have the most amazing chats. But in her absence, I... um, often step into her shoes and act as CNM when she's not around. And I too, that office door is always open and there's someone sat in the chair just, you know, downloading to me. And I, But I love it because I feel like if that's the kind of environment they feel they're in, then they're going to come and ask me when there is a problem and they feel like they, they can mm. come and approach us. And I think it's a... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A credit to our manager because she has created mm-hmm. that environment mm-hmm. in the department. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm very, very mm-hmm. grateful that the few clinical hours I do do now, I am working in a very positive environment when it comes to that. But there's mm-hmm. this whole culture of nurses eating their young. Mm-hmm. I have already recorded a podcast about this with Tracy Churchill and Emma versus Lewis, and they're very passionate mm-hmm. about changing the culture in nursing too. But it's a bit of a taboo subject, like the um, psychological safety and the, the positive mental mm-hmm. health, but it's another conversation that needs to be had. Definitely. I think, um, you know, we're moving into a time now in healthcare where I think we... We're still trying to get over the 
do we need a degree or do we not need a degree? Um, and I think, yes, we do need a degree because we need to hold ourselves to the same level as, as our industry professionals and partners, our multidisciplinary team, our doctors. Um, I think it's critical. I think there could be a better um, alignment of clinical time and theoretical components in a university degree. But that seems to kind of be a, an ongoing narrative. And that then feeds into the workforce and this whole idea that everybody that's coming out is so young and they've got no life experience. And I myself was told when I graduated that I have no life experience and good luck. Um, good luck in your career. And that was from a, a nurse that had a lot of experience. And that stuck with me to this date and probably has fueled a lot of my, um, my ambition and motivation to, to move forward within my career. But I think um, it is time to change that narrative. I think we need to be, uh, in, and I do embody this, respect the experience within the team um, and, and note and recognise that everybody brings something unique and different. Um, and uh, you know, nurses that have been nurses for 30, 40 years have gaps that maybe the new nurses that come in can fill and like vice versa. It's about seeing that as a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah, definitely. It's recognising, not feeling intimidated by others who have that gap and they're not, that have the knowledge that you have the gap in, if that makes sense. Mm. I'm tr- I know mm. what I'm trying to say, but yeah, it's... Um, because I think when there's leadership who are threatened by their team that they are leading, then it's not going to provide that psychological safety that we're talking about because they're obviously feeling mm. threatened and then their buttons get pushed and their triggers are activated and they will retaliate and it's not healthy. No. Yeah. I think a lot of that is driven by fear and fear of change. Um, and I think uh, as, as nurses, like everything's changing all the time, which I find exciting, but I think I'm one of the small pocket of nurses uh, that, that love change and, and see that innovation as growth and excitement. But I think the fear is real in that space and it's fear of the unknown and, and getting comfortable with, with what it has maybe always been. But, you know, we need to, in order for us to achieve that high delivery, uh, high quality healthcare, we've got to change it up. We've got to stay fresh. And we can draw upon everybody's experiences to achieve that. Yeah. As humans, we don't like change, do we? I don't mind. I've learned to embrace it. But I think it's in doing the personal development and doing this work that you learn that change is constant. You know, day turns to night, winter turns to spring. It's always, there's change happening all the time. And it's, we get subconsciously programmed to fear change because it's the times that there's been change that's had a negative outcome that we remember instead of looking at it from the angle of when there's been a change and it's had a very positive outcome for us. So Mm. it's just Mm. reframing that fear in our minds. You know, what, what can fear mean? Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. You've probably heard that, Liam, have you? So, you know, it's... It's reframing the fear and making it work for you instead of letting it control how you're feeling. Mm. Mm. And I think that acknowledgement on a personal level is, is this within my control? Is it not within my control? Is powerful. Um, and then as a leader, 
when I'm introducing change or, or something that I think might be triggering fear, I'm always trying to bring it back to the rationale and the why and really try and uh, bounce those ideas off each individual in my team so that I've got a good understanding of how they perceive it um, and, and then try and implement it that way. And, you know, it doesn't always work 100%, but I think when you've got that engagement and you've allayed some of those fears from the get-go, um, I think that makes for more successful change and Definitely, an open communication and understanding why, like you said, you know, Simon Sinek, I don't know if you follow him, he's written that Mm. amazing book, Start With Why, and it is, it's remembering why you're doing what you're doing and it it totally helps you to reframe what's happening and what's and also what's triggering you and what's going on in your head around that change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, When it comes to leadership, I know you're a big fan of Brene Brown and we spoke about this before we started um, recording and we've briefly touched on it already. You know, Brene Brown speaks about having our vulnerability armour on and Mm. not wanting to show our vulnerability when we are leading a team. But after reading a lot of her work, I have realised the importance of taking off that armor and showing my vulnerability when I'm at work and when I'm coaching, you know, if I don't know something, I will openly say, I'm sorry, I don't know it, but I will go and find out for you, you know? And I think doing that, it gains people's confidence in you because they realize that you're not going to bullshit them and you're going to tell them how it is Mm -hmm. and they, they can trust you. Mm. I, I totally agree, and I think the I think that feeds into lots of different aspects of nursing. Um, but I feel like over the last year or so, I've realised I love Brene Brown. Um, I'm reading a lot of her work. Um, I've realised that we probably engage on like a very transactional level in the workplace, um, which uh, when you're looking to build culture and a team and high performance, you can't achieve that not knowing the finer details. Um, and one way to achieve that is by being vulnerable, being open um, and wearing your heart on your sleeve. And, you know, there have been times where I have had a really, really stressful day at work um, that has been very challenging, uh, rewarding but challenging. And I have openly um, been visibly upset about it. Um, and some you know, people may think as a leader, well, is that a good strategy? Um, but I think it speaks volumes in terms of, uh, what what your what your why is as a leader and why it's so important for me to be able to achieve uh, with the team our, our goals um, and they that's role modeling it's role modeling that it's okay to not be okay in the workplace um, obviously there's a there's a line um, and we don't want to kind of overstep that line but I think there's such power and vulnerability. Um, in the workplace as a leader. And it's also like you're saying, you know, there is a line. It's not like you're acting like that every day. The next day you're showing resilience, you're coming back, you're back in your normal state and turning up as you would. Mm -hmm. So it's also promoting that resilience, you know, and that bounce back Mm -hmm. ability from 
from having that tough day the day before you come in the next day you know and you're back to normal so you're not brooding Mm. on it because it's when we start brooding on things and going into that negative narrative in our mind of should and could and would and um it's accepting what's happened and just letting it go and moving on yeah and sometimes you know we have high pressure job sometimes you just need to be vulnerable um and um and people respond to that um because they see that you are human and i think as a leader that's important because when you've got 50 staff that are looking to you for constant direction support guidance coaching mentoring they sometimes that emotional um, or vulnerable side is lacking because you're just always on this uh, trajectory of achieving things and doing x y and z um i think it's good to stop and reflect be vulnerable um, and adopt that. Um, and I love the idea of, hey, I don't know, um, and I'm going to find out because I think we think as nurses that we need to know everything, which is just insane. We can't. We all specialise in different areas, you know, and we stay. I've been in theatre for 20 years, you know, like I've worked mm-hmm. in a huge array of theatres, but I've been in theatre for 20 years, if not, well, I did endoscopy, still theatre to me, but you couldn't put me in a cardiology ward and expect me to know what I do to do. You know, I know the basics, but there's nurses in there who have done that for 20 years and they're specialists in their field. And I would never walk in there and be like, oh, I've got 20 years experience. I know what to do. No, I wouldn't have a clue. I'd be like a new grad in that room. So, you know, it's accepting your limitations. I think that's a huge part of it. And even when it comes down to when you're interacting with the patients, you know, if you can show vulnerability with them, it also builds trust and gains confidence from them too. And they they can see you as a real person instead of this mask that you're wearing of being a nurse. That makes sense to you? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, recognising that patients are humans um, and that they have emotions and they have stories um, and they they want to share them because it's how they've got to where they are today you know I think we have so much to learn from our patients um, and we we just need to take that little bit of time um, that little bit of time to unpack that with them and maybe for them um, to help them achieve their goals their healthcare goals but also um, that vulnerability of like, I am the nurse manager, but I'm here and I've got 10 minutes. I would love to sit down and chat to you and learn more about you and how we can um, look after you whilst you're here. Yeah, and it's offering that compassion to not only the patient, but yourself, you know, by being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you're being compassionate to yourself because you're not putting yourself under extra pressure. You're allowing yourself to turn up as yourself and not feel like you're having to perform to some um, unrealistic goal that you've set yourself. Mm, Definitely, 100% agree. So as we wrap up this, what is an important part of your own self-care? I speak about having non-negotiables to make sure that we're ensuring our self-care needs are being met every day. What's your non-negotiable, Liam? I have a few. Um, how long have you got? No, I'm kidding. Um, I have, so I 
trying my best to prioritise my exercise every day. I, I really feel like, um, and going through burnout a couple of times, what I was lacking in my life was routine um, and, and prioritising my self-care, my non-negotiables. So that looks like gym in the morning at ridiculous o'clock um, before I go to work so that I have uh, looked after myself first. Before I start giving to other people for the rest of the day, I've given to myself um, so that is one of my strategies. And the other one is that I love to sing. And um, Friday night at five o'clock, I have a singing lesson every week. And that's my non-negotiable. I must get there because it just marks to me that I've left work on time and that I'm putting myself um, in my passions first and making sure that I've got space for them in my what life. What an awesome start to the weekend as well. Your singing lesson. It's great. Yeah. I feel like it's a little personal yeah. game. <laughs> sing yourself into the weekend. I love it. That's awesome. We'll have to get you to sing on the Happy Nurse Facebook page live sometime. <laughs> I won't join you because I have a terrible singing voice. Yeah. Maybe you can do some Highland dancing whilst I sing. <laughs> Don't tell everyone I do that. <laughs> People will start asking for performances. I'm, um, I'm so unfit and I'm listening to you saying you go to the gym and I'm like, that's my idea of torture. It's so funny. Hey, there's self-care. We all have our own individual needs. And I think that's important mm. to recognize too. And as you were speaking and I was thinking, oh my God, that sounds horrendous. Mm. <laughs> it was, um, I'm just thinking, you know, it's important to highlight that make sure you're looking after your self-care and you're not doing things that you think other people will recognize as you doing self-care you know i've got a friend who speaks mm -hmm. about how um you know she likes to be spiritual and she um gets encouraged to do yoga and she's like i should be doing yoga because i i'm spiritual but then she's like i hate yoga and i'm like well why are you doing it you know it, that, that's not self-care it's self-torture you don't like it so Make sure what you are calling your self-care activities are for yourself and not what you, an yeah. idea that you've bought into and it's actually self-sacrifice or self-torture even, which going to the gym at stupid o'clock would be for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I say gym, you know, sometimes it's rolling about the floor for 20 well, minutes. Okay. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy, Liam. I'm not judging. I'm just I'm highlighting the fact that we all have different needs and, Absolutely. you know, ensuring that it is our own needs that we're meeting. And I think that's probably closing the loop completely on where I started earlier and saying, you know, that's why I don't watch TV, because that's where you start buying other people's ideas of what self-care could be. And... Mm buying into this narrative of like my friend, you know, I should be doing yoga when actually she hates yoga. So why is she doing it? You know? So yeah, just ensuring that your, your own self-care is your own self-care, not someone else. And your singing lessons. That's awesome. Yeah. So good. Mm. So good. It's so, finding what yeah. lights you up and what your passion is, you know, like I've got a stand up mm. paddleboard and that's one of my self-care activities but to some people that's an idea of hell you know being in the water with especially in Perth with all the sharks that are floating about out there so uh, <laughs> yeah we've all got our own needs so yeah yeah there's a few fins pop up now and then usually it's dolphins 
Yeah, there's lots of dolphins down at the beach where I um, paddleboard. But mm. the beach does occasionally get close because there's shark sightings. So. Be careful. Yeah, I know I am. I'm very careful. And the helicopter patrols the coast all day throughout the summer. So, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) So it's been amazing speaking to you. I've loved this conversation. I could chat all day, but I'm um, aware of the listener's time. And, yeah, I'd love to do it again sometime. And we can go down Definitely. another rabbit warren and discuss all something completely different. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Liam. Where can the listeners find you if they want to find out more about what you do? And yeah, briefly, just in your own words, describe what it is you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. It's been a hoot. It's been a great time. Um, I, you can find me on uh, Facebook um, at uh, Liam Caswell. Um, you can find me at liamcaswell.com. Um, and I currently um, work with nurses to help them secure their next uh, dream role. So working through CV, cover letter selection criteria and interview prep, um, making sure that we're not underselling ourselves. Um, and I also run nurse one-to-one coaching and group coaching for graduate nurses and aspiring health leaders. So um, you find all of that online at uh, my Facebook. How awesome. We will put all the links in the show notes so people can just click on the links and find you that way. Thank you you for your time, Liam. It's been a pleasure and um, I look forward to chatting to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook.